0: total praise. Total praise to you. There is an object of our praise. Many folks praise a lot of things. Some of us sports officials, we praise a whole lot of people for a whole lot of reasons. But our total praise goes to you. Amen. Oh man, oh man, oh man. Oh Lord. A great God deserves a big old praise. Total praise. I'm, I'm going somewhere. I'm, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. Lord, I'm always captivated. Revelation 4 and 5. When John lets us peek into heaven and this great praise party is going on. There are the angels. There are the elders. They are the created beasts that are all there. And in the midst, in a place of centrality, is the Lamb. And all they do in perpetuity is worship. Amen. 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 Just worship to him who sits on the throne. Be glory, power, dominion, majesty forever and ever and ever. Amen friendship, amen friendship. First Peter chapter four. 1st Peter chapter 4, 1st Peter chapter 4 we're still in this climbing this mountain of this series entitled Back to the Basics told you I wasn't gonna rush it, wasn't gonna hurry it we stepped out for the Passion Week but we back in it 1st Peter 4 beginning at verse 10 reading from the New American Standard Version the text says As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Whoever speaks, let him speak as it were the utterances of God. Whoever serves, let him do so by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. Here we come, here we come, here we come. To him belong the glory and dominion forever and ever, amen. I want to preach this morning. I want to tag with the title, Don't Quit Serving. Don't Quit Serving. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, here we are. We've watched on the news Car accidents, drive-bys, kidnapping, shootings, border crisis, political pundits in Washington. We've gone through danger seen and unseen. You brought us back to this sacred space one more time. We assumed we'd get here again after last week but there was no guarantee. By your grace you brought us back. You want to say something else, you want to Do something in us you want to change transform something about us and God we totally surrender we submit Lord let your will be done today up in this house up in our hearts and our minds in our heads God speak to us oh God and I pray as always you would anoint me at this strategic hour that I may preach your word with power it is in the name of the only Savior there is Jesus the Christ, I do pray. Amen, amen, and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Don't quit serving. I read a recent article about this pilot who was an experienced pilot flying to Boston, from Portland. In the midst of flying, this pilot heard a noise in the back of the plane in the late 80s. So he decided to give the control of the captain's chair to his co-pilot and scurry on the back to find out what's the source of that noise that he is hearing. On his way back to the rear of the plane, the plane hits an air pocket of turbulence that throws the pilot into the door on the back of the plane that had not been latched properly and because of that the pilot was sucked out of the plane if there ever was a mayday that's a mayday 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 the co-pilot immediately radios and asks for permission for that to have a very emergency landing. And also he wants helicopters. He wants a team of helicopters to search the ocean to find out where is the captain. But when he landed, he got a, an amazing surprise that when he finally landed, that the captain was still alive. See, when he was thrown out of the plane, he grabbed onto the ladder. And in spite of speeds over 200 miles per hour, in spite of altitude of over 4,000 feet, and th- in spite of a runway landing that left his head 12 inches from the ground, he survived. He made it because he wouldn't quit. He wouldn't let go of the ladder. He refused to allow the air pockets to terminate his service oh you know what i'm saying today friendship i read it i say you know the same dogged determination that the pilot had we should also have as the people of the most high god we should also declare and resolve in our spirit today that guess what in this life there will be air pockets of turbulence but in spite of the turbulence of trials temptations in spite of the turbulence of health issues we are the people of God we will not quit serving we're going to hang on to the ladder of service and believe God enough that he still can use us and will use us. Do we have any I won't quit folks in the house? Do we have 25, 35, 55, 105 online who would declare I won't, I won't quit serving? I ask that question because the church of Jesus Christ has a lot of saints who quit serving. They've quit supporting the ministry. They've, they've quit showing up to ministries. They've quit serving in the ministry that they do come to. Because I believe that the COVID pandemic literally lifted the lid. It exposes the callousness, the coldness, and the carnality of many church-going folks. But God has a new day god has a new way god's looking for some redeemed folks the remnant of the redeemed who are willing to rise up and declare that. guess what i will still serve or any folks like that in the house i will still serve in spite of cancer and radiation i will still serve in spite of being out of work or underemployed i will still serve in spite of losing a loved one or loved ones, I will still serve. In spite of dysfunction domestically, I still will serve. In spite of suffering in school all year long, I will, oh yes I will, still serve. Because God's looking for some folks who will serve no matter what. This text, Peter pins this as an age apostle to a people who are struggling. A people who are, chapter 1, verse 1 says, they're scattered geographically, emotionally, they're scattered. Like some of us in the house today online, you're scattered. Your emotions are scattered. Your minds are scattered right now. Because in following Jesus Christ, They've landed in the hot water of hostility. And now they're being persecuted. And they're being treated like a human pinata. They're getting hit on every side. In chapter 2, they're getting hit on the job. In chapter 3, they're getting hit by an unsaved spouse or an ungodly spouse. In chapter 4, they're being hit by neighbors in the community. And in chapter five, they're being hit because the Bible says, that. guess what? The adversary, the devil, is like a roaring lion seeking to devour them. So they're being hit on every side. And yet, and yet, Peter penned this epistle of encouragement to remind those who are being mistreated, don't you quit. Oh, that's a word for somebody right there. Oh, you can go home right now because somebody in the sound of my voice, you've been mistreated. You've been marginalized. And yet God is saying, don't you quit. he launches off in his text about service. He says in verse 10, as each one, stop right there. He says it emphatically in the original language, each one of you, I love that, not some of you, not most of you, not many of you, but each of you. Not the brown ones of you, or the black ones of you, or the white ones of you, or the green ones of you, or the polka dot ones of you, or the, the future ones of you. All of you. Not those that have been saved 20 years, but those that have been saved 20 minutes. Each one. As you say when you're not in the sanctuary, everybody, everybody, each one, Every single one of you, older, younger, educated, less educated, Ivy League school, hood schools, whatever it may be, every one of you, what it says, everyone what? Has received a special gift. Wait a minute. A special gift. Charisma, the word he's talking about. A grace gift, which implies this gift. You can't buy this. This gift, you can't barter for this. This gift, oh no, 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 no. You can't bum rush somebody and take this gift. You can't beg your way to it. You can't politic your way to it. Not this gift. Because this gift... Is not based on anyone's meritorious act. It's based only on the magnificent grace of God. And he says, and guess what? Everyone has received a special gift, which means that you got to always remember what God gave you. If we're going to be a people that keep on serving, that keep on showing up, keep on punching the clock, that God can count on us, the church can count, you must remember what God gave you. at the frying pan restaurant in Minnesota, small town Minnesota. A waitress finished serving her guest. The guest gets up to leave and has a to-go box and leaves the box on the table. She flags her down and says, you forgot your box. The guest says, no, you keep the box and all that's in it. Inside the box was twelve thousand dollars scared the waitress to death the waitress would do she never had a chip for twelve thousand dollars we would have punched the clock went home for the week (laughs) and went to the casino (laughs) she called the police the police come in see the $12,000, and they say that they smell drug residue on the money. So they took the money. The waitress wasn't no fool. She went and hired a lawyer. The lawyer filed suit, got a $12,000 back. However, in the midst of all this litigation, the IRS gets wins of it. So now they show up because a $12,000 tip has to be taxed. But then her lawyer pivots. He changes his pursuit. He argues that, hey, that ain't really a tip. <laughs> That's really a huge gift that God gave her and her five kids. A gift! That she'll never forget as long as she lives. That ain't a tip. It's a gift from a great big God. And a great big God gave her a great big gift. Shout, I'll shout by myself. When I heard that, I said that waitress isn't the only one. So are we as children of the most high God. We too got a great big old gift from a great big old God. Oh, yes, we have and this gift can't be taken. This gift can't be taxed. This gift cannot be squandered up by the IRS. This is a gift from God. It's a grace gift. It's a big old gift to each and every one of us. Anybody got a gift? Give God praise, give God glory for a big old gift from a big old God. That's why you always got to remember to remember. Remember that it's salvation. God gave you at least one spiritual gift. Remember it's salvation. God gave you a supernatural ability. Remember it's salvation. God gave you a very unique ability. Remember at salvation, God did something special on the inside of you. Remember at salvation, God deposited something inside you. You ought to remember what God has done for you. Oh, what a great thing he has done. And the Bible says in Ephesians 4, 7 and 8, that guess what? That God has given a gift to everyone according to the measure of God's grace. And when Christ ascended on high, guess what? He led a, cap, a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. God gave us gifts, God gave us spiritual gifts. Every born again believer, if you're saved on your way to heaven, Watch in the blood of Jesus. You have been gifted by God. You are special in the sight of God. Oh, you ought to thank God that he gifted you. Many folks never bought you a gift. Never appreciated your gift. And yet God gifted you. You are gifted by God. A supernatural, amazing gift from God. Aren't you glad that God... a giver. Aren't you glad that our sovereign God is not stingy? Aren't you glad that God has no problem no hindrance to releasing his resources. Aren't you glad that we serve a God who is a giver? Some of you say, "Well, preacher, what does He give?" Have you read your Bible lately? This God whom we serve is a giver. Oh yes, sir. What does He give? Well, Job says in Job 3, 3, 4, that He gives us life because God is a giver. David says in Psalm twenty-three, four that he gives us his presence, because David said, "Yea, do I walk through the valley of shadow of death? I fear, because Thou art with me." It's his presence. Jeremiah says in Jeremiah twenty-nine, eleven that guess what? He gives us his plan. God, says, I give you a future and a hope, because God is a giver. In Matthew eleven, twenty-eight, guess what? Matthew says, "God gives us rest." Cause Jesus said, come unto me all who are weary and heavy laden and I'll give you rest and John 14 27 guess what John said he'll give you peace Jesus said, I give you my peace Not of the world I give you my peace That the God who we serve is a giver and the God that we serve gives us victory because I heard Paul say first 15 57 he said guess what thanks be to God who gives the victory through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and we all know that God gives us and God gave us his only begotten son because the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave he gave he gave his only begotten son the God that we serve is a giver but that's what the Bible says let me query the building what is God given to you Has God given you anything? Then say yes. Has God given you food when you're hungry? Say yes. Water when you're thirsty? Say yes. Transportation when you had none? Say yes. Healing for your body? Say yes. Give you a right mind in a wrong situation? Say yes. If God has given you anything, then you give God praise. Give God glory. Give God hallelujah. Because God, God is a way maker. This God that we serve has given you a gifting. You gift it. You gifted. it. You may not have all the talents in the world. May not be on to cover of Forbes magazine. But you gifted. Do you know who you are? Do you know who you are? Do you know what it costs for God to gift you? You got the audacity to say, no mas when it comes to service. But don't get it twisted. Gifting does not mean maturity. Just because you're gifted don't mean you're mature. That's a great conundrum in Christianity. Many saints Or extremely gifted, you have many gifts, but you got many issues too, because you're immaturity. That's very deceptive to you and dangerous to those around you. My old professor back at seminary, going to be the Lord now, Dr. Eddie B. Lange, always tell the preacher in the preacher's class, "Preach us, you're gifted." But never let your gift take you where your character won't let you stay. Your gift will open doors for you. Your gift will open opportunities for you. Your gift will take you great place. But never let your gift take you where your character shows up and it won't let you stay. Because you're good at what you do. But you're horrible when you're not doing what you do. Gifting. And the church is inundated with chasing gifts. Must be character to complement the gift. Corinthian church had all the gifts and all the problems. Because they had immaturity in the house. Immaturity in leadership. Immaturity. And they fussed and fighting him arguing about who's the greatest but a surefire way to measure your maturity is by the test of your sacrificial service let me say that again the test of your maturity can be manifested by the sacrificial nature of your service growing people maturing people serve immature people it's all about me. Make me feel good. It's all about them. Oh, and so he goes on and says, look what he says. He mentions this in the, very, in the same chapter 10. He says, <laughs> if you got it, employ it. Means use it. Yeah. Means get busy. Yeah. Means mobilize. If you got to give, don't just shout about it. Be about it. Let me say that again. If you got the gift and you do have, you say, you have gifts. Be about it. He says what? it As good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Now what in the world is Peter talking about? Let me break this. Let's dig a little deeper. Two things. First thing he says is this. As good stewards. Which implies that although the gift is given to you, the gift is not owned by you. You're simply a steward. The gift comes from God and it belongs to God. So you don't get to willy-nilly declare what you are going to do or not going to do with God's gift. Because it don't belong to you. First Corinthians 4 2 says, it's required of a steward that won't be found trustworthy or faithful. So God wants you to be faithful to what he gave to you. But it belongs to God. You're just a steward, but you're not the subject of the sovereign one over your gift. But also it says this, the manifold grace of God. Now what in the world is that? That Greek word has the idea of like being multicolored, various variations. It means that although we're all gifted, we're not all gifted the same. We all have different gifts. It's like a variation. Genesis 37 talks about Joseph having that coat of many colors. 1 Peter 1 6 talks about there is a variation of trials. Romans 12 7 talks about the very fact that guess what? Our gifts differ from one another. And that's all right inside of God. So God builds in this variation. He builds in the very uniqueness. What's mine has been given to me and what's yours has been given to you, but it does not diminish the fact that they're all equally important. That's what he's saying. guess what? Manifold, variation, diversity within the gifts. So they belong to God and what he gave to us is what? Diverse. But wait a minute. But all that, although they are very diverse, they all still must be mobilized. Stay with me for a minute. He says this: that we're to employ it. Watch this: in serving one another. Now, now let's work that for a minute. The gift is to enhance the ministry of one another. It is a reflexive pronoun, which means that it is to help those with you. The gift is to be used not in the parking lot, not in the school district, but to be used in the church. God gave it that you may be a blessing to the body of believers at the church, at the local church and the universal church. You missed that. The gifts are not the same as a talent. You can be unsaved and still have a talent. But you can't be unsaved and have a gift. The gift is for the church to be able to minister to one another. Which means, guess what? I need you and you need me. God made the body interdependent, interlocking. We're necessary. We need each other. If you're going to execute your gift, it can't be privatized. It must be partnered. You can't privatize your gift and hide behind Zoom, YouTube. You can't hide between the platforms of the church. You can't, that's not using your gift. The gift must be partnered with people in the body of Christ. Wait a minute. And also means this that when you don't use your gift, in the context God gave it, you hurt the church. I'm almost through, hang on, hang on. Swallow, you'll be all right. The healthiness of the church is tied to those that are also serving in the church which means what? You got to realize that you really need it. Everybody in here, you really need it. Let me say it again. You really need it. You may have been at this church for three months. You might you have just came during the pandemic. You might have been at this church ever since it was on Cullen Street. You really need it. I don't care what you drive. I don't care what you live. I don't care how you speak. I don't care what or not you speak the actual king's language. It doesn't matter. What matters is that you matter. See, around here, we ain't just trying to build where we kind of run you in and run you out. We ain't trying to build a club around here. We ain't trying to build a mega church, a mega ministry. God builds what He wants to build Himself. But we want people to know that at friendship, you're cared for. At friendship, you love. At friendship, we hurt when you hurt. We're friendship. And you're needed. You need it. You need it around here. You ever watch the Nature Channel sometime? I got a lesson. I got schooled on the Nature Channel about bee husbandry, if that's even a word. I learned that bees, when the beehive gets hot, they have a ventilation plan, Reverend Eddie. Here's a ventilation plan. Half the bees fly out and go find the nectar and the pollen. The other half stay inside, but they're called flappers. And they flap, 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 flap their wings. And by the time that the flyers get back, the beehive is 10 degrees cool. Ain't through yet. And guess what they do? On the next day, they rotate. So now the flappers become flyers and the flyers become flappers. And they keep on making sweet honey because they all agree that teamwork makes the dream work and every bee is necessary hey you know what i'm saying friendship that ain't just true about a beehive oh no it's not it's also true about us as the body of christ i want somebody to know up in here you might be a flyer or you might be a flapper or you might be a flapper that flies whatever you may want to be i want you to know that guess what teamwork makes the dream work and every bee like believer in this house in this church online You matter. You are necessary to the work of God. Do you have any bees in the house? Any bees in Jesus Christ? That every one of you, you are necessary. You are important to the very work of God. Every bee matters. Every bee matters. For this church to be more than a song and a sermon, you got to know that every bee matters. God put you here by his sovereign will because what you got can help us be all that God meant for us to be. And every bee matters. The Bible says, 1 Corinthians 12, 7, that the gifts were given for the common good of all. Because every bee matters. The Bible says, 1 Corinthians 12, 20 to 26, the Bible says, whether you're a head or an eye, whatever you may be, guess what? You matter. Everyone matters. And it says that, guess what? Whenever one is sorrowful, we all sorrowful. And when when we find one rejoicing, we all rejoice. Why? Because every bee matters. The Bible says, Ephesians 4, 16, that the body of Christ builds itself up and grows in love according to the proper working of every individual part. Because every bee matters we must have the temperament the mindset the attitude of Jesus Christ in Luke 15:4, when the Bible says that the Shepherd had a hundred sheep and yet one strayed off and the shepherd the good Shepherd he left the 99 and chased down the one I am saying today you might be that one well get ready Friendship about to chase you down, about to call you down, about to text you up, about to get all up in your business, because every bee, every sheep, everybody matters. I'm telling you today, you matter to the body of Christ at friendship, because guess what? When you hide in isolation, when you don't come forward, you cripple the church. You cripple the church. Many churches today are limping along because the laborers have left their posts. Oh, yeah. yeah. oh, yeah. The problem with the church many times is not external forces. Yeah. It's not even an adversary. Yeah. It's apathy in the pews. Yes, yeah. Yeah. And when the church, God gives every church the resources, the gifts, the leadership, the people it needs for his agenda for that church. But it don't work if the people that's at the church don't do the reason why they put at the church. Church is a lip in the day. Had a lady tell me one time, years ago, I never forgot this, people tell me some crazy stuff. Better be glad I'm saved. Lady told me one time, She said, Pastor Hamilton, I'm leaving this old church. And I'm going to the white church. Because around here, y'all got to raise money for everything. Y'all got to fix all kind of stuff. Y'all ain't got enough teachers. So I'm going to the white church where my kids can slide down the slide and they have big screens on the wall and they can go big trips all around the country. I'm going to the white church where the bus just come pick them up. I'm going on to the white church. Well, guess what? I can just sit there and just bath and just glow and just enjoy the service and not worry about a tithe or offer. I'm going to the white church. I tell you, y'all better be glad that I'm saved because a whole lot I want to tell, I want to tell a whole lot of stuff that ain't nowhere in that Bible. i show you, I'll show you, I'll show you. And yet, And yet, hey, hey, okay, that's your decision. But let me just tell you this on your way to your car. When you get there, don't do what you did here. Which was nothing, nothing but criticize, complain, and critique. When you get there, be better at the white church than you were at this church. Because in this church, every B matters. Every B matters. Everybody matters. If we got problems, we all got problems. We got celebrate, we all got celebration. Our kids do something great, we gonna shout for all our kids. Kids stop making the D, start making the C, we gonna shout about the C. Whatever they are doing, five Beta Kappa, we gonna celebrate. Top of the class, valedictory, we gonna celebrate that. Got hell back another year, we gonna pray this year, you go forward next year. We gonna celebrate, every B matters in this church. Thank God. Every bee matters. And when I think about it, it's said in the text. If you speak, speak the utterance of God. Don't make nothing up. Don't wing it. Don't give a hot take for the moment. What God has said is all you can say. And when you said it, sit down. Sit down. Let the Spirit of God, take it from there. Well, for those that are not public gifts, you don't like that. Microphones scare you. Crowds scare you. You serve in the background. Praise God. We need both. And he says in the text, when you serve, do so by the strength with God supplies. Because he knows that in ministry it's frustrating. In ministry it's fatiguing. In ministry, fights break out in ministries. Between ministry leaders. Yes they do. But he says, guess what? Do it by the strength that God supplies. Don't rely on your own resources. Because your resources will run out real fast. The first time they crush you you are going to run out. The first time they lie on you, it's gonna run out. The first time ten say they're coming and two show up, it's gonna run out. By the resources that God supplies. Because the sweet he says this, Reverend Eddie, because he should trying to say that when you do it, God's way. In the midst of fatigue and foolishness and fighting, God will give you a second win. Hey, anybody know what I'm talking about? Let me talk for a moment and talk about the second wind. God will give you new energy, new strength, new desire, new vision. He'll give you second wind. When you do it his way, he'll come and give you second wind. Am I right about it? I thought about this church last night and I thought about the pandemic that hit the country and the world. And it looked like friendship would have to shut down. And yet, in the midst of a pandemic, God gave this church a second wind. In the midst of death and disease and dying, this church kept on praying. This church kept on feeding people. This church kept on meaningful worship. This church kept on baptizing new believers. This church kept on dedicating babies. This church kept on reaching out to the youth, kept reaching out to our small babies, kept having a water ministry. This church kept having town hall meetings. This church kept moving. This church kept worshiping in the highest praise. Because God gave us a second wind, and everybody kept saying, What us gonna do? Let me tell you what God has done. He's given us a second wind. And we're here today because God came through in the middle of a pandemic. Anybody know about God coming through in the midst of a pandemic? Some of you right now are in a pandemic of pain and problems and pitfalls. And yet the God that we serve Won't he come through? Has he come through? Ain't he all right? Then give God praise. Oh yeah. I'm cutting across the field. And Paul says, if you're wondering, why do all this? If you're wondering, Peter says, why go through this? Why can't you just be your normal Sunday morning self? Why can't you just normally skip word Wednesday? And normally come on the first Sunday of every month. And normally not serving any ministry of the church. And normally give God a tip and not a tie. Why can't you do what you've always been doing? Why can't I, Pastor, I'm a busy man, I'm a busy woman. I'm in this organization, in this club, I got this meeting. You don't know what's on my agenda, but none of that agenda you have benefits the church. And if he says why, he says because what? In all things, that God may be glorified. That God may be shown off. When you labor right, you lift God up high. When you labor, you also lift And they get to see the Savior high and lifted up. He said that God may receive what? The glory through Jesus Christ what are you saying on your way to the car preacher I'm saying you must reposition your spotlight of praise that when you labor the light now shines on him some years ago I was in North Texas preaching for another church and when I finished preaching the leadership of the church took me out to a swank restaurant And I'm so glad they were paying for it and not me. And I ordered what I've ordered so many times before when I go somewhere, lamb chops. Because I love lamb chops. And I'm sitting there, and they brought my lamb chops. And I ate, but I couldn't get down the way I get down. Because I got to be pastoral and not be a pig. And when the waitress comes, I'm telling her, it's the best lamb chop I ever had. It's the best of the best of the best. I've had lamb chops before, but nothing like this. These are the best ever. Oh, you just don't know how you just blessed me with these lamb chops. The young lady stood there and smiled and didn't say a word. And then, within minutes, she came back with a man. And the man that she brought back was the chef. He was the one who put together this magnificent meal. And her bringing him back to my table was her way of telling me, don't shine the spotlight on me, shine it on the chef. He's the reason that you enjoy that meal, good night friendship, that in ministry, sometimes somebody gonna tell you that's the best lesson I ever heard. That's the best sermon I ever heard. That's the best example I ever heard. That's the best mercy I ever received. It's the best or the best or the best, but don't pat yourself on the back. You simply go get your chef savior named Jesus. It says, he's the reason. Give him the glory, give him the praise, give him the hallelujah. It's by God's grace. It's not about me. It's about him. I live, move, and have my being. Tell somebody, shine the spotlight on the Savior, not you. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his name. And don't quit serving don't